you know, it's funny. If somebody would have told me, um, you know, 30 years ago, hey, you're going to be killing bugs. You're going to work for a pest control company. You're, you're insane. I thought, you know, I'm going to get out of the military. I'm going to go work for some white-collar company, wear a suit every day, go work on Wall Street, do something. And uh, never in a million years would have thought I'm going to be in the pest control industry. Hey, and welcome to the episode two of the Unbiased Truth Podcast. Um, for those that listened to the first podcast, uh, I'm sure you've probably noticed that the first podcast had a different name. Um, why did we change the name? Well, because I like this one better. Uh, <laughs> and when you're in charge of stuff, you get to do that. Um, you know, the unbiased truth is, I heard that the other day, not too long, or yeah, about probably about a week ago, um, you know, from another home inspector, this is what we do. We deliver the unbiased truth. I said, man, that's a great name for a podcast. And we had only done one episode, so I figured good time to... So does that mean on the third one, I get to come up with a name? Maybe. Right. Maybe. God's I mean, it. that's usually because I'm not very creative. So the problem is um, I'll come up with a name, yeah. and then I'll hear something else. Like, man, that sounds like a really cool name. You know, <laughs> Like, I would have changed my business like a dozen times by now if it wasn't for having to go through the IRS and the EIN and all yes, that stuff. Yes, yes. Um, so that's the only reason why we are still 360 home inspections. Good. But, um, but we appreciate anybody watching and or listening to this. Um, on today's show, we are sponsored by Pest Now. Pest Now is a local pest control company here in the Metro Richmond area. And we are joined by Jeff Zielinski, who is the owner of Pest Now. Um, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Um, feel a little bit like a, a rock star movie. Star. Yeah, that's right. My guitar is in the other room, but I'll bring it out later. So, <laughs> um, so Jeff, uh, I've met Jeff at a networking event uh, or group a few years ago. It was I want to, um, I don't know, B&I 212 type of groups, but right. it's kind of an independent group. Um, and, and we met there and uh, natural fit, you know, doing home inspections. He does pest control, so we interlap or overlap a lot. Um, and Jeff's just an overall great guy, so I just wanted to have you on. So um, first thing is, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, first thing I'll tell you, that introduction cost me a $50 bill, so appreciate <laughs> it, Sid. Um, you know, and Sid and I did. We we met at a networking group, and after a couple meetings together, uh, realized that we're very like-minded. It's about building relationships with your clients. It's about um, giving the bad news in as positive a way as you can without trying to scare your clients. So again, we both have that same mentality. It, uh, it's the unbiased truth. It is what it is. Um, so, but yeah, I've been with Pest now for, oh my gosh, almost 20 years. And you know, my father always told me, I don't care if you're out flipping burgers, be the best burger flipper you can be. And eventually you'll earn, you'll own that burger joint. Well, that's me. Uh, I started out with Pest Now, worked my way up as an inspector, then became a manager, helped them start uh, a branch or two. And now I own my own branch of Pest Now here in the Richmond area. So Nice. So there's other things you do as well. Um, and I don't want to forget this, but you are also a member of Synapse, uh, which is a networking group. Um, it's like B&I 212, but nothing like it at all. <laughs> uh, um, it's like it in the terms, in, in the terms that you bring other industries and businesses together and hope for collaboration and networking, but that's kind of where it ends there. Um, the difference is that it's centered around, um, nonprofits and supporting nonprofits and 
not so much the referral base, which is great. You know, you can still do that, but it's more for the, again, coming together for a common cause. And, and uh, I recently joined um, uh, Synapse as well. Um, Jeff uh, Pesnow sponsored it and, and uh, their hub, uh, they call it hubs. And with that, he has some memberships to give out. So, so we're, we um, received one of those uh, with the idea of continuing on once that expires um, and paying for the membership. But, um, but your hub's tech for troops. It is. Um, you know, we're both veterans, uh, both, you know, uh, love giving back to the veteran community. So um, tell us about tech for troops and synapse. Absolutely. And Sid's right. It's, when you own a business, a lot of people reach out to you for these different networking groups. And as working owners, like Sid and I both are, it is hard to commit the amount of time to what a lot of these 212 and, and other groups are asking for. And again, they're fantastic groups. I've attended multiple meetings, but uh, the commitment is really there. Uh, you have to make that big commitment. So what Synapse does, it's a very loose networking group and the fact that you get out of it what you put into it. And I'm attracted to the fact that every hub, that's what they call each group, represents a different uh, nonprofit or a charity group, Habitat for Humanity, uh, again, Tech for Troops, Chesterfield Food Bank. And you can get involved, involved as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, I can tell you right now, memberships are they're not that expensive, and it has tenfold. I've got back. But it's by building relationships. And Tech for Troops is the one that I naturally lean towards. It's an organization that they take old laptops, cell phones, computers. They will first and foremost do a black wash to DOD standards. At that point, they will refurbish them, fix them up if they need fixing. If they can't be fixed, they'll break them down and reduce the e-waste out there. They'll strip wirings, cables down to, again, reduce e-waste out there. But their goal is to fix that computer, not only give it to a veteran, but also train that veteran how to use it. So um, I've been there multiple times, got to watch the whole process, met Mark Casper, who runs Tech for Troops, and just was really impressed. So we're corporate sponsors of Tech for Troops and uh, very proud of everything they do, and we help out any way we can. And Synapse, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but... um... But Keith started Synapse in Richmond, right? That's correct. And since yes. then, I mean, there's a bunch of hubs in Richmond. So if you're not interested in the tech for troops, you want to do Habitat for Humanity or, or, or another nonprofit, you can do that, um, that, that fits your needs. Or um, I know there's some food banks, right? Yep. Um, yep. But he's also expanded this outside of the Richmond area for, um, I mean, I know he just opened up a hub in Ireland. Yes. And, and yes. like, you know, Texas and, and so it's really growing, um, and and I just think that's a, that's a great, great um, accomplishment to be able to grow something like that, mostly organic, I would imagine. It has been. It's you know you find good fits, you find charity organizations that could use the support, and there are Charlottesville's got a couple hubs now down in the Virginia Beach, Newport News, Hampton Roads area has a couple of hubs now. Um, the Richmond area, I believe, has 26 hubs. Um, Troopster is another military one that I do some work with. Uh, they do care packages for our troops and send them overseas. So the funny part is we always seem to meet up whenever we're packing boxes for Troopster. <laughs> they always meet up at a brewery. So um, last one we went to, I was a little disappointed. Pestnow sponsored everybody's first drink. Um, or I, actually, I said, listen, Pestnow will pick up the bar tab. Right. And... Uh, 
it was under two hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, so it got away pretty easy. Uh, but but they're just great causes, and it's the neat part about Synapse and how I build my business is building those relationships. So the more I get involved, the more and more I see these people, and the more they trust you and want to call and utilize your service. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, shifting gears back into the Pest Now world, um, you know, you say you've been with Pest Now for 20 years, mm-hmm. and you were in the Army, and you were an officer in the Army. Correct. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but how do you how do you transition from an officer in the Army to killing bugs? Boy, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, I got out of the got out of the military, doodled in some other things out there, and. Um, I was building a deck. Uh, I owned a home in Sterling, Virginia, Northern Virginia area, and I was building a deck, uh, pretty elaborate deck, wrapped around a tree, had nice benches. And my neighbor came over, and, and uh, who was kind of a woodworker, a handyman, and he said, hey, what are you doing? I've seen you out here for the last three weeks. And he said, are you retired? And I said, no, no, too, too young to retire. He said his son had started a pest control company and was always looking for good guys. So I thought, okay, temporary, I'll go see see what it is they have to offer. Uh, a week later, I was working for him, and 20 years later, I'm still killing <laughs> bugs. And, you know, it's funny. If somebody would have told me, um, you know, 30 years ago, hey, you're going to be killing bugs, or you're going to work for a pest control company, you're, you're insane. I thought, you know, I'm going to get out of the military, I'm going to go work for some white-collar company, mm-hmm. wear a suit every day, go work on Wall Street, do something. And uh, never in a million years would have thought, I'm going to be in a pest control control industry. Um, but you know what? 20 years later, <laughs> there I am. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, it's been fantastic. Pest control is, it is recession-proof. Bugs will always be there. Mm-hmm. And there we have a lot of competition, so that's why it's important to always stay on top of your game. Customer service is number one. Um, I truly believe in customer service. I have a little bit of my background. My mother's Italian. So, you know, as a kid, if I didn't do a very good job somewhere, they would tell my mother, and that was the worst wrath you could get. So I learned customer service from an early early stage. And even to this day, I always have that fear. If I have a complaining customer, they're going to call my mother. So, <laughs> <laughs> so going, going into PEST now, uh, I want to talk about some of the business lessons because I'm, I'm, I enjoy learning about business and entrepreneurship and whatnot. But before we get there um, – we're a lot alike in the fact that I don't think either one of us takes ourselves too seriously. Yeah. Um, and not that we don't do serious work at times, but we also don't take what we do. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not saving the world, right? There's some very serious consequences to what we do. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I wander around the house like I'm lost and I take pictures. Um, and, and, and you're killing bugs, right? Yes. Um, but there's some things that uh, you tell me about. There's some Jeffisms that you guys <laughs> have, uh, have come. One of the ones that, that, that stuck with me that you told me was uh, when you told your guys that, hey, you know, you could have chosen to do anything you want in the world. You chose to kill bugs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how does that work? Um, I mean, I'm sure it brings brightness to everybody's day when they hear them, <laughs> right? It does. I, I, you know, I am a micromanager sometimes to a fault in certain aspects of my business, but that's more when I'm in my private time. I, we're fortunate. We've got a database that can tell me almost every aspect of everybody's stop there, what they did, what time they did it, what the weather was like out there, how long they were at particular stops. Um, 
So I micromanage that. I check their notes, make sure they thank the customer in their in their notes uh, for the business. So that aspect, I am a micromanager. But from a business standpoint, I have a lot of faith in my guys. And it's a blessing at times, and it's certainly a curse at times. But I try to hire people that I can trust and let them manage themselves. That schedule they have during the day is that's their job, and it's a day-to-day job. Um, I think what happens is people realize uh, it's an occupation that they can feed their family. They can buy a house. They can buy a nice car. They can get that second car. They can go on a vacation every year. Uh, pays pretty well. So um, that's something I want all my guys to do. We give a pretty good benefit package in order to retain those good employees. We're a family-oriented company as well. I'm a big believer. If you're looking for that appointment at 7 o'clock at night, I'm, I am not the right company for you. My last time stop is a 3 to 5. doesn't I mean, they won't work till six some nights, but three to five is their last time stop. I want everybody with the ability to go home for dinner every night. I don't need right. boyfriends, girlfriends calling me, uh, right. wondering they haven't seen their husband or wife yeah. in, in forever. So yeah. uh, that's a big part of my business. Yeah, They work every other Saturday, half days on Saturday. So, again, sure, this is an occupation. This is our job, but this is not our life. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you're talking about managing – you know, micromanaging for one, that's a great point you brought up. Um, micromanaging gets like a bad rap. Like anytime you hear someone say, you know, are you a micromanager, you just want to say no. But I mean, the reality is though that micromanaging is a style of management that's essential, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's just another component of leadership in general and managing in general. Um, now, you can go overboard, right? Sure. I mean, sure. We've, we've had those, those, um, you know, supervisors that micromanage you to death. Yes. Um, but it's just like anything else. It's like the hands-off leader. Yeah, everybody thinks it's great, but if you're too hands-off, then, then you kind of, you know, it's a it's a rudderless ship at that point. So, um, you know, I'll do the same thing, you know. Um, I know Courtney and Sarah probably get tired of me always checking the notes and, and schedules and stuff like that. You know, did you notify this guy? Did you call this person and stuff like that? But, you know, that's, that's the important stuff, you know, um, making sure it's straight. Um, but – a lot of the same stuff that when they go out in the field, I don't really pay much attention to what they're doing. Um, QA the reports to a certain point, and now I'll pass that off to Gordon to do. Sure. Um, and, you know, just a handful here and there. But other than that, just let them do what they do. Um, it's I, been successful so far. I find that the people that see me micromanaging are my managers. Uh, yeah. You know, with a military background, uh, I believe in chain of command. I believe in levels of management. So it's important to – allow my managers to do their job. Yeah. And so I don't need every one of my employees see me micromanaging. But right. I'm the same way. I might ask the same question to my manager three times just to make sure it was done. Yeah. And and I do that sometimes because I don't want to forget. Right. So it's there's levels of management um, yeah. and management styles. I am what they consider a player's coach. My employees, and I get to know every one of them, every one of my new hires will ride with me for a day. It's a fun day. We go run a couple of inspections. We talk. I buy them lunch. Um, we may end up at the beach house <laughs> at the end of the day. But uh, I want them to feel comfortable, even as the owner of the company, to be able to come to me if they have an issue. Now, go through your manager first. But if you're not getting the answer you're looking for, come to me. It might be a simple solution. And I don't want a guy quitting when all I have to do is, you know, change this mug to a red mug. Right. Now they're happy. Right. So. Right. And speaking of that, I mean – we are both working owners, right? Yes. 
So that means that we're out doing stops. I'm doing inspections. Um, Jeff's in crawl spaces, checking for termites and, and out in the field doing the work. And it's, it's a hard balance to still be engaged with your guys to that level. Um, so how do you manage that? How do you navigate those waters where you're still trying to grow your business? You're doing all the paperwork. You're managing the office. Um, you're making, you got a call center, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, you got corporate because it's a franchise. Yep. Um, and then you're still out there, you know, doing it. You know, the, the, the easy answer to that is, I don't know. I <laughs> ask myself that every night. It's, again, it's hiring the right people. Uh, and that doesn't always happen. But it's putting faith in your employees. But as a working owner, to a fault, I encourage realtors to call me. I encourage my clients to call me. My business card not only has my office number, but it also has my cell phone. Uh, again, that's the micromanager. I just, boy, if I could duplicate myself. But right. I, I, I have learned to put a lot more faith in, in my office staff, my, my managers. But you're right. When you're in a crawl space, I'm doing an inspection. What's it take me? 30, 40 minutes maybe, and depending on the size of the home. And I come out of the crawl space, or I come out of the home, done with my inspection, get back in my truck. We're pretty tech savvy, so I will have that report emailed before I even back out of that driver. So I've got a little more work to do. And so total 45 minutes, hour tops. By that point, you know how it goes. What do we have? Seven, eight <laughs> messages on our phone, a couple yeah. of emails. Now yeah. I've, I've learned to forward a lot of those, but um, that's that's hard sometimes. So it, it, it entails a lot of work at night. Yeah, um, but. yeah I've... Um... I've gone to leave a house and, you know, of course we're there for two and a half, three hours, sure, you know, and there's sure. times that I just turn the phone off, like the, 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 the ringer off because it's just every, it's just constant. And I've sat there in front of the house, just trying to get caught up and everything. And the realtor's like, Hey, everything okay. As they're leaving. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, by business, they said, yes. you know, um, yeah, definitely in, noticed an increase since we merged with MPI and took over that of, um, phone calls and emails and texts sure. and, and whatnot, and I'm trying slowly to to migrate the phones to the office number, you know, so I get less of that um, and whatnot. But it's still hard, you know. It is, and my voicemail says, you know, for more immediate assistance, please call my office directly. And 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 more and more people are doing that now. Yeah. But it's you know, it's it's funny. I've had, like you said, I've sat out in front of a house, and you have a problem. Is you know. Is your, truck having problems now <laughs> what i enjoy what i find to be very useful though is if i have a we typically do two hour windows um you know we don't want to be your your big box companies that give in all day windows so we give two hour windows for the most part but there are some agents or some homeowners that they're you know for whatever reason they need an exact time what i like to do is i get there about 20 30 minutes early because at that point i don't have to be anywhere else except yeah. for right in front of that house yeah i get so much work done because yeah. it's you know, I'm not worried about getting to the next stop or thinking about what's what yeah. just happened. So I love getting the stops early or sitting in a parking lot, um, and I can do that yeah. for hours getting work done. Yeah, I do that a lot too. Um, and my wife, she she doesn't understand why I get to the inspection so early. And Gordon does it as well. Um, Gordon does it because it takes him longer because he's old. <laughs> um, but I I get there, and especially if it's a vacant house, there's nobody living there, I can get the outside knocked out real quick, and then I can spend the rest of the time um, and catching up on some of those morning emails, phone calls, right. afternoon and whatnot, and get a lot of done. So, um, but yeah, those, those realtors, they, they, they want you there on their time, right? 
and it doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't really matter. You know, it's funny. Uh, God forbid we be five minutes late. I know, um, I know. But you know, utilize your time. Um, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, now we got a lot of great realtors. Uh, we poke fun at them. Um, they poke fun at us. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have. You know, I, I got realtors. He's always asking me, you know, why? You know, stop writing up so much stuff. I was like, you know, <laughs> stop. You know, finding bad houses. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You know. Um, so, what's some lessons you've learned growing a business? Because it doesn't matter. Like, I got a master's in management, um, but it doesn't prepare you. Sure. You know. Um, you know, you being an officer in the army, which I don't understand how you were an officer and, and you're still out there working with everybody else. Like I, I didn't think that happened. I was what uh, they call green to gold. So I was enlisted to start with and then became an officer. So a little uh-huh. difference. That, right, right, right. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't matter what classes you take. Cause there's still a lot of, you know, on the job training, um, errors that you make, um, you know, mistakes, learn from your mistakes. Right? Absolutely. As they say, the best type of experience um, is the ones you, you learn from your mistakes. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Like Sid was saying earlier, there's the Jeffisms that my guys poke fun at me. And it's, it's the heart of my business, though. Again, building relationships. But I always tell my guys, do what you say you're going to do and be where you say you're going to be. Um, and be on time. It is, <sighs> Sid, you and I, we can talk about it for hours. Nobody's on time anymore. Separate yourself from everybody else out there and be on time. And I don't, you know, back in the day it was, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Nah, nonsense. Just be on time. So uh, I really teach those traits to my guys, and I hold their I hold their foot to it. I've had training meetings. That's the other thing. We do a lot of in-house training. Uh, my technicians have at least one training a month. We have Pest Now Academy that they have to do online, watch the videos of us and answer a bunch of questions. Technicians will have training. I've had points where if that meeting's supposed to start at 7 a.m., at 7 a.m., that door closes. I've had guys knock on the door. You know what? They can wait outside until my <laughs> meeting's over. At that point, they're interrupting my time uh, and the guys that didn't want to show up. If I did that, Justin would never <laughs> attend a meeting. So. <laughs> Typically, a guy does it once, and he's nervous for his job. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, but it's it, you do. You learn on the fly. And I can remember when I started with Pest Now, I think they took me out for maybe two days. They said, here you go. And you looked, you know, you looked a lot of stuff up online. Well, back then it was uh, the library, (laughs) the Dewey Decibel System. (laughs) We'd go to the library and look up stuff. But, you know, nowadays, fortunately, we have, it's basically a three-week to four-week training period along with a lot of online classes they're taking. Um, So they're they're full pretty prepared but i will tell you the best way you learn is when you get thrown out to the wolves and you learn to do it on your own uh, my phone will ring this past two weeks have rang off the hook as i've i've been fortunate enough to get some fantastic employees yeah. and they send me pictures just confirming this is what this is termites just confirming this is powder post beetles is this just moisture uh fortunately these guys they typically only ask each question once right. which has been nice yeah that's why they were Courtney um, her first day. I was just, you know, here's the phone. Yeah. Here's your login. Good luck. <laughs> uh, um, yep. Yeah. So um, what's uh, – when we when we talk, you know, because my industry is just like your industry, um, only my industry, we don't ever have good news. Uh, right. We always right. deliver bad news. Um, but we've talked before about anytime you find termites, it's, it's like – 
you know, your approach is you feel like you're delivering, you know, a bad diagnosis. Absolutely. So, and, you know, I mean, you have two sides of your business where you have the real estate side sure. and then you're just normal, you know, everyday customers, yep. right? But the real estate side is a little bit of a different animal because it's deadlines. It's deadlines and it's money and it's, mm-hmm. and it's emotions. It's 100% emotions. Um, you know, someone goes and sees a house for 15 minutes, um, maybe. They put an offer on it. They get it. Um, they, I come in. Uh, all that, the house that they saw for 15 minutes, they realize isn't as shiny and pretty as it once was. And then, and then you come and are still processing all this in a very short amount of time. And then you come and you say, hey, by the way, you got termites, you know, or the home inspector found termites and they were right or whatever it is, you know. So how do you handle and manage those emotions? Well, I am, you know, again, as you said, there's two scenarios. Either there is or there isn't. And there's really not much gray line in between. Our job is not to speculate. It's. When we do, it's actually called a wood-destroying insect inspection. Uh, it's more than just termites that we're looking for. We're looking for about five different wood-destroying insects. So scenario is potential buyer is there. I find an issue. And that's probably best-case scenario because I have an opportunity at that point to play good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. Bad cop is, hey, I've got some issues here. Good cop is, good news is I can solve that problem. Um, I tell people I've been doing this a long time. I've never had a termite issue I couldn't solve. Uh, we do a 90-day follow-up uh, anytime we do treat for termites to make sure what we did worked. I'd rather find out in 90 days and wait a full year when it's time to renew their warranty. So it's communication. Um, yeah. It's I learned a long time ago that, you know, don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. Um, you know, this is somebody's typically the largest investment they're ever going to make right. in their life. So just don't sugarcoat it. Give them the news. Come up with solutions to those problems. And that's what I tell all my inspectors. You're not a salesman. You're a problem solver. You're there to find issues if they exist. And at that point, solve that issue and yeah. explain in a clear and precise way how you're going to solve it. And that's what we talked about today in our, um, our meeting. Um, some of our training involved how you approach this stuff. Because people, like I said, man, we, we find the bad news. Mm-hmm. And then it's easy. And a lot of people do this. Um, you know, you go in and say, hey, you got, you know, rotted floor joist or, you know, a lot of um, mold damage, water damage or whatnot. And, and they leave it at that, you know. So um, we discussed today about how how can we make sure that we're meeting expectations, managing emotions. And part of that is explaining to them what does that really mean, you know, and what is the solution. You know, uh, a busted floor joist is an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Now, easy doesn't always mean cheap, right. you know, right. but it, it is an easy fix, and it's common, and we see it a lot, and it can be fixed, and the house is not falling down because of it. Um, so we, we do a lot. Um, it's important. It's important to be able to do that and, and temper those emotions and instead of just, here's all the bad stuff. Absolutely. Call me if you have any questions, but I'm not going to answer, you know. Well, and for us, too, remember, we're – majority now you work with a lot of buyers mm-hmm. where with the termite inspection or the wdi inspection that's typically at least here in virginia it's typically the seller's responsibility for that so i'm dealing with that seller so you've got a seller who thinks their house is the perfect house mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that's my, right. my 90 year old farmhouse that i've done <laughs> no maintenance to um, but so there's the first hurdle you have to get over 
is one, show pictures, explain to them. Um, again, if there's good news, there's no damage. It's just the shelter tubes or the termites you're noticing. So again, good cop, bad cop. Give some good news, give some bad news, but you always want to have both of them. The second thing is I always offer my services to those buyers. Uh, somebody's buying that home, and now they've got a report that says there's termites. I encourage agents, instead of being that middle person, because it will, you know, we could go, there's only three of us in this room right now. I could say a word, whisper yeah. it to you, you whisper yeah. it to Courtney, she whispers it back to me, that word changes. Yeah. So allow that buyer to call me directly. Yeah. I do that as a courtesy, and I will explain to a buyer, um, you know, I, I don't ever want somebody to not buy a home because there's a termite issue. Now, maybe don't buy the home because there's $40,000 worth of termite damage. Right. That might be the reason you don't buy it, but don't right. buy it just because there's so I try to explain that to clients. I explain to them I'm going to come back and take a look in 90 days to make sure what we did worked. You got a yearly renewable warranty. Typically, takes the buyer off the off the cliff yeah. before they jump. And that's one of our. It's nice that you can do that because one of our biggest issues is we're seven degrees removed from our findings to who finally gets it. Because mm-hmm. we do the inspection, we send the report to the buyer and the agent. The agent talks to the seller's agent. The seller agent talks to the seller. The seller talks to the contractor, and the contractor's trying to figure out what it is we were looking at while we were upside down, blindfolded in the cross space right. um, and whatnot. And then, you know, so it, it gets lost in translation a lot, and I think that's where a lot of problems fall in our side of things. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that seven degrees of separation and trying to explain to people. Because I've been, I mean, you know how we deliver the information. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, we deliver it as it's not our house because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it doesn't right. mean it's not serious, but you know, it's not our house. It's not our, not our, you know, it's up to the buyer to determine if, if um, the house is theirs or not, you know, if they're, if it's worth it to them. Um, but I've said, yeah, Hey, you know, you've got, you know, some stuff or damage or whatever. And I've seen the agent turn around and get on the phone and talk to the seller's agent and like blow it out of reports and like, Absolutely. Hey, the home inspector said there's thousands of dollars worth of damage. And, and there needs to be a complete gut job. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't say that yeah. at all. Yep. And none of that came out of my mouth. And then all of a sudden, the seller agent gets the, the report, says 360 home inspection. like, yeah, don't call that company, you know? Right. right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, or, you know, buyers or whatnot, you know, however that news gets delivered. But, but yeah, managing managing those emotions is, is always tricky in this industry. And, um, you know, and. And we talk about realtors, you know, uh, we, we pick on them because we love them um, and whatnot. But uh, I know, I know we've got some good stories about realtors. Um, uh, what's, what's some of your, your fun interactions? Are we still on camera? Yeah. yeah of course. No, <laughs> off the record, off the record. <laughs> uh, now it's, as Sid said, realtor, real estate uh, is a large part of our business. It's not, certainly not all of our business. You know, real estate won't always it's ebbs and flows. It's ups and downs. And if you only build your pest control company on the, the backs of realtors, you, you will be the first to fail as soon as the market goes right. down. Uh, and we're true believers in that. We, again, build relationships with your clients. Um, studies show that in a seven-year period, people will use a pest control company approximately 10 times. You know what? I want to be there for at least nine out of those 10 times. Yeah. Um, that's why we do we do what we do. So, um but, you know, it's, I will tell you, there are a few realtors out there. And, and what, you know, we're, listen, we're the bug guys. That's right. We are the bottom of the totem. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, some agents make us feel like that, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Um, not me, because I've got an ego bigger than that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are, and I will tell you, there's a couple of realtors out there, actually quite a few realtors out there that, that really have a special place. I've got to know them personally a little bit. Do not hesitate to reach out and tell you thanks. I mean, listen, I'm doing a 30, 45-minute inspection for them. You know, uh, approximately 18 to 19% of the time, I'm a stats guy, we're delivering bad news. So, and I still get that phone call from agents. I had uh, two this morning from an agent. They were trying to get through settlement. They waited for the last minute. We found termites. I was able to squeeze them in. My guy was at their house, a vacant home, at 6.30 this morning so they could go through closing at 8 o'clock this morning, 8 or 9 o'clock this morning. Um, That agent did not hesitate to pick up the phone. Call me personally, also send an email to the company just thanking us for our professionalism. It goes a long way. It, yeah. it really does. Listen, we don't it all does. need thank yous but uh, every day, but you know what? When somebody appreciates yeah. the extra effort yeah. you go through, it's When nice. you get beat down a lot, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. yeah, I had an agent. Uh, she was a list agent, and after the house closed, she sent a handwritten note mm-hmm. um, thanking me for the, yeah. for the home inspection. And I messaged her. I was like, you, you know I was the home inspector, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I appreciate that. You know, and I told yeah. her, so you, we don't, we don't, I tell you, I joke with everybody. I so, say, you know, we don't, we don't get a lot of Christmas cards from people. Yes. Because um, that's, you know, we don't deliver all the good news. But, um, but no, it is, it is nice. Um, but it's, it's all about relationship building. Yes. Um, and that's, that's one of the important facts that a lot of people, you know, especially single person operators, both mm-hmm. in pest control and, and home inspections, they, and they get that mentality where it's, you know, you're just a number and yep. they don't want to take, um, like we joke about it, but they, they get very serious about how their dislike for certain people or certain industries. Sure. Um, when we just, we just joke about it and then they can't figure out why their phone's not ringing, you know, and, yeah. and building a relationship business is a lot of work. Yes. Um, it's, it's mentally exhausting, um, but I think the rewards are, you know, it comes back 10 times. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny though. You've got to, when you own a business, um, that you are relying on the public, uh, as my clients, um, I find it comical sometimes how some people who are in our industry will throw it out there. Their opinions about life, their opinions about politics, their opinions about religion, and they throw it out there. Um, (laughs) thinking that everybody thinks that way. And, um, you know, I try to stay pretty neutral overall, but, um, I don't know. It's just not the right place. I think sometimes, you know, and that's kind of the, it's good owning a business and with today and social media out there, it does, it, it tempers us a little bit. Um, and that's not a bad thing sometimes. It's not. It's not. Because um, uh, it's like that email, you know, the, the saying goes, you know, um, before you write the email, uh, walk away, cool down, yes. come back and read it, and then decide if you need to send it. Mm-hmm. Um, owning a business has changed whether or not I choose to comment, and most of the time it's just keep on, just keep on going. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, mentally it's a better place as well just to stay out of it because nothing gets solved in social media or no. these places no. uh, anyway. So, um, but, but any, any last words of wisdom? <laughs> I know you got lots of wisdom. I mean, you're an older guy. You're a, you're a, you know, officers always have words of wisdom. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, it's somebody said to me once, <laughs> Hey Jeff, you gotta open your own business. <laughs> um, but, but I will tell you it is, you know, like my father used to tell me, just be the best you can be at whatever you're doing. 
And being a business owner, really, it, it's so rewarding in many ways. Um, my work ethic has always been impeccable you know, for the most part uh, when I was younger. But you have an opportunity to grow a business, watch that business flourish, um, and, you know, hopefully at some point leave a legacy for my kids. Um, you know, and that's, you know, kind of resorting back to the synapse thing. You know, I grew up single mother in New York City, uh, raising uh, two boys. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. I had the canvas sneakers. Everybody else had leather sneakers. And for me, it's important. I don't want my girls to go through life uh, wanting, um, although they need to see. So I take them to the Chesterfield Food right. Bank to help pass out yep. food. They'll come with me to Tech for Troops to take lunch to our veterans. Mm-hmm. It's important that, you know, again, Synapse gives me that opportunity. Yeah. But being a business owner, it gives me the opportunity to be able to give back. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably one of the most fulfilling parts about yeah. being a business owner and being successful at it is the opportunity to give back to, yeah. to charities out there and uh, give your time. Uh, as I've grown my business, I've tried to free up a lot more time to be able to get involved in some other organizations. Yeah, um, I agree, man. Uh, it's it's one of the best parts about being able to do this is be able to give back. You Absolutely. Know, um, you know, being part of Synapse, um, we became recent sponsors of uh, Mercy Mall, which which helps clothe, you know, uh, uh, various people and whatnot and, and whatnot. So it's great. Uh, and just to clarify before we wrap this up, um, you know, Justin was late his first meeting with us um, <laughs> in December, like our first group meeting. He was late. The second meeting, um, we were taking um, bets on how late he would be, um, and uh, which he showed up early because he was. He said he was uh, on his way here. He was ignoring all the messages, and then today <laughs> he showed up like two hours early just to just to make sure he was on time. So I felt bad for him. I took him to lunch, you know, because he was nice. just hanging out in the parking lot. But <laughs> Very nice. but I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you coming in, um, talking to us. Absolutely. Second episode. Um, how do you people schedule with Pest now? Well, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can obviously go to pestnow.com. There is a portal there for realtors. There's also a a portal there as a homeowner uh, to get information, pestnow.com. Or you're welcome to call my my local office number. It's 804-589-1009. Again, we service from basically Fredericksburg down to Petersburg and a little Williamsburg, a little beyond uh, those areas. Uh, There are boundaries where we just won't go to yeah. but uh, but yeah pestnow.com or again uh, you're welcome to dollar phone number hey i appreciate it man um i enjoyed our time together we're gonna have to get together and we're gonna do after hours we're gonna do some after hours podcast where it's absolutely a bit looser um you know partaking some you know after hour stuff you got a got a fresh bottle of buffalo trace buddy that's waiting. right that's right but yeah i appreciate everybody listening uh, we'll wrap it up courtney is over there falling asleep so i think she's done um <laughs> listening to us talk <laughs> Um, But I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to uh, the channels so you can be notified when the uh, next one drops. Thanks, guys.